Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello everyone, and welcome to Podcast Horseman. Back in the 20s, we reviewed a very famous team. Welcome indeed to Podcast Horseman, the Bojack Horseman podcast, a spoiler-free episode-by-episode audio review podcast of the critically acclaimed Netflix series Bojack Horseman. I'm Michael Hamflit. And I am Adam Nicholas, and as always at the beginning of this show... <laughs> Call us the front of the plane because we are all business. You can't cope. It's all good. You know the drill by now. Follow us on social media at Podcast Horseman. You can catch us on Twitter or Instagram or get either of the hosts on there. You can find me at It's Adam Nicholas or find Michael Hamflit at Michael Hamflit. And please subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Spotify. Listen on Acast. Find the podcast embedded on the tweets on that Podcast Horseman timeline. Really, anywhere you can find us. And as we always ask, don't forget to rate and review. You know it's really helpful. You know you're going appear in the algorithms we're going to appear in the searches we're going to get more people talking about this show talking about bojack horseman and you too could be another inductee into our hollywood talk of fame more on that coming later on in the podcast Ooh, i love, <laughs> I love a bit of that i wish we had an audience here who could do that for us but we don't what we do have however is this week's netflix synopsis for the episode so let's begin it's season one episode six and this is our A story is a D story. Bojack is jealous of Diane's relationship with Mr. Peanut Butter. Todd's in a new environment. And that is putting it very mildly, Michael. Mm, so we pick up pretty much straight away from where we were last week. This was already a nice sort of reminder that Bojack Horseman is not horsing around. Everything happens and continues to happen for real. This is not something I'm wrapped. So last week it was Bojack and Diane having been to New York and I'm seeing Diane's family. They're arriving back off the plane to be greeted by Mr. Peanut Butter. He's there very lovingly to pick him up, uh, to pick them both up from the airport, should I say. Uh, he's there to greet them. And in that time, we already learned that like Bojack and Diane have developed a bit of a conversational fluidity between them. They've got mm. little in-jokes and their time together on the plane. Uh, Todd is supposed to be there to pick up Bojack. Bojack has no idea that he's in prison. Um, we see him at this point that he's going to be in he's actually in jail uh, he is in the queue with somebody looking pretty scared and the guy says it's alright stick with me you'll be just fine and as he says I get stabbed 14 times by an inmate so Todd's <laughs> I love first... that you've counted these as well I had to watch it four times but I say I had to it was quite funny <laughs> so Todd's first choice of protectorate was immediately killed in front of him <laughs> Bojack has no idea we cut back to Bojack uh, all this is to set up Bojack accepting a lift from Mr. Peanut Butter mm. uh, Mr. Peanut Butter had something nice planned for Diane at Elefante but now Bojack is along for the ride he's very much a, a third wheel but they continue to have in-jokes before they get in the car. So Mr. Peanut Butter, kind of quietly, as, uh, as Diane's already got in the car, just asks Bojack Horseman if he has anything to worry about in relation to this new little spark that he's seen between Bojack and Diane. Bojack responds with this completely unconvincing and transparent, What? Get out of here. There it is. Which Peanut Butter, being a dumb dog, completely <laughs> takes at 100% face value. <laughs> it's the it's the end of the cold open and the first quite hard steer into a more close-knit relationship finally forming between these two characters that mm. we've seen coming together over the past few weeks. Yeah, Diane and uh, Bojack have really, they've kind of got the same rhythm now, haven't they? After they had that little bonding moment that we saw at the end of the last episode where mm. Bojack does the really nice thing and he writes the letter and we see despite the fact he causes more damage with that uh, wayward but a barrel of chum, <laughs> which kind of they, I guess they don't really know about, to be honest. Uh, we see how much that's paid off for him with Diane. Yeah, it's the first point in which he's kind of expressed a few feelings to Diane, and mm. we'll certainly get to more of that in this episode. So we cut from the cold open immediately to the start of the episode, which is, again, a direct straight continuation. Mr. Peanut Butter is driving them all back. Um, 
Bojack just wants to go for drinks, basically go and tie one on. Um, but as we found out, Peanut Butter's made special plans with him and Diane. Um, <laughs> Peanut Butter tries to get out of actually doing something with Bojack, and then Diane accidentally reveals that he's secretly <laughs> quite obsessed with him. She notes that when they're at home together, Peanut Butter's asking why Bojack hasn't called, whether or not Bojack's left a voicemail. This obviously gives Bojack a power in this dynamic, and it's rather unexpected because it's rare that we are made aware of Peanut Butter's insecurities up to this point. I love the the addition to that where Diane says, you're the one always saying, Diane, why don't you hang up the phone? What if Bojack's trying to call? <laughs> Which is just the amount of fanboy level in this, given everything we know between those two as well, the parallels and how much Bojack is constantly uh, accusing Mr. Peanut Butter of stealing everything he does. Mm. This is kind of a nice little touch, isn't it? And we're going to get far, far more hmm. of that. They are back in Elefante. Um, there's the three of them crowded around a table. Peanut Butter is in the worst spot on the table. He kept being bumped into by waiters. Whilst Diane and Bojack just continue to like hammer these in-jokes yep. and laugh together. Peanut Butter feels like the third wheel on a date with his own girlfriend and a Hollywood colleague, basically, for the want of a better phrase. Uh, Peanut's feeling a little bit redundant. Uh, Diane starts to choke on the food, and then it turns out that Peanut Butter has hidden a dependent in her dinner mm -hmm. because he's dependent on oh, her. Man. Diane <laughs> chokes on his gesture of love, but is nonetheless quite charmed by it. Bojack, as you can imagine, is completely disgusted by the process of it. Um, but this need to impress Diane from the pair of them results in a ludicrous game of one-upsmanship. It goes from <laughs> trying to buy drinks for the whole restaurant mm -hmm. to buying Xboxes for Off the, the menu, we should point out. Off the menu. In a, in a weird throwaway gag where Bojack offers to buy champagne and then Mr. Peanut Butter has this incredible deep knowledge of off-menu French brand champagne, <laughs> <laughs> which is one of them strange deep Hollywood cuts that we can only assume part of Peanut Butter's past life. High society not, though, isn't it? That it's just not been explored no. to us yet. Um, but yeah, the one-upsmanship goes from offering everybody in the restaurant drinks to offering them Xboxes. <laughs> <laughs> to the point where Bojack believes that in just trying to have a toast and just trying to celebrate everybody's time, as you pointed out, uh, Peanut Butter is yet again ripping him off. Yep. Um, Peanut Butter brings up that he's uh, he's bought this brand new helicopter, at which point Bojack, with nothing else left to do, buys the entire restaurant in order just to keep it up and to keep the night going. This is utterly ridiculous, this. Well, what's great about it as well is that it is, it's sort of animated sitcom farce, mm. isn't it? So it's playing to what we know about horsing around and about Peanut Butter's house and, of course, about Bojack Horseman mm. because of how they can play with the realms of reality. But brilliantly, for all that this is all about competition for Diane's affection, she is totally unmoved by it. And quite notably, she makes a point of saying, this is just an expression of extravagant wealth. This is not something she holds in any kind of high no. regard. And yet they have completely lost sight of the object of their affection. Which, if they were really paying attention, makes sense, really, because Diane's not the kind of character who's going to be impressed by any of that. We constantly find ourselves calling back to this, but it's drawing on this theme again that this is not a sitcom. <clears throat> this is not a show mm. that Bojack or Peanut Butter have lived or a show that they believe. This is a rather crushing and cruel real-life version of that. And Diane constantly, again, being presented to us as the moral correctness, I guess we'll call yeah. that, the, the right and true within this show compared to all of the Hollywood BS that's going on around her. She remains a still point in all of mm. her turning worlds, yeah. isn't she? It's, uh, it, we flash forward to the restaurant later on. It's now closed. It's uh, it's under management of Bojack Horseman, <laughs> obviously. Um, and they're doing a press-up contest. They're, uh, <laughs> it, it's, there's a lovely little uh, cutaway gag again. We've said that like it draws a little bit from Family Guy, but there's increasingly less of these. But we just see the flashcard. A series of stupid and increasingly petty challenges later, and we find them both having just games strewn across the restaurant the play, and who wants to be a millionaire? Todd rings from jail again to try and get Bojack to bust him out. Bojack couldn't give a toss about nope. Todd's plight, but does need him on the phone because he's his phone a friend for this. <laughs> he wants to really that question. Um, Todd gets the question wrong. Bojack is livid and thus hangs up on him, hangs leaving Todd remaining in jail. We'll get to him later. Um, and then Bojack finally wins at an arm wrestling contest, mm. but the camera pans to the side to find that Diana's long fallen asleep. So that was somewhat of a pyrrhic victory, not least when Peanut Butter says that he can take his girlfriend home. Uh, Bojack has no choice really but to um, go on an absinthe bender as a result to try and, you know, kind of drink his troubles away. Before we get to the result of those troubles, um, Bojack and Peanut Butter here, it's a return to the rivalry from season one. And is this, I found this was more to do with the first time since then, from episode one, should I say, that they've really acknowledged that there's a, a genuine romantic link between Diane and Bojack. Or certainly, whether they might not have between them acknowledged it, we certainly just see that it's become a very big thing in this episode where mm. we got the initial, the potential that Bojack maybe thought about with Diane before yeah. obviously the big reveal in episode one where we discover that Peanut Butter is her boyfriend. 
this is the first time I think we are getting the what that could mean in terms of how he's going to behave for mm. the rest of the season. There's an authenticity to it, isn't it? Mm. Because Bojack, from finding out that Peanut Butter is going out with Diane, has almost tried to pull himself away from it and emotionally disconnect because it, obviously in his mind it wasn't meant it's to just be not in the first thing, place. Yeah. And then <laughs> life and their working together and their time together has forced them back together. So this feels like a realistic amount of time for there to be some sort of, I don't know, maybe like an odd romantic gesture, let's say. Mm. Anyway, we cut to Bojack waking up from his hangover mm-hmm. with the bottle of absinthe still in his hand, but his apartment strewn with other forms of booze. Um, he's woken up by the television uh, and there's some big news. Huge news about a huge D. Not that one. <laughs> but he stares out at the Hollywood sign outside of his window and it says Hollywood because as the news reporting, the D has been stolen from the Hollywood sign, the huge 100-foot D. His neck snaps an inch to the left and sees it in his pool. Uh, the Hollywood <laughs> D is in his swimming pool. It is absolutely enormous. And there's no way that shouldn't have been the first thing he saw when he woke up. But as always, this horse has his blinkers on. And he was indulged in other things, wasn't he? Like a big bottle of absinthe. <laughs> <laughs> um, before he can properly process this, Diane turns up at his front door, confirms she got a long drunken voicemail from him last night, um, but hasn't yet clicked that it was him that stole the D. Mm-hmm. Um, he can't. He can't talk to her, nope. can't look at her, doesn't want to work that day. Slams the door in her face, just says, you've got to deal with this. This is how they tempestuous Hollywood actors from time to time. Um, he calls Princess Carolyn in a bit of a panic. Uh, <laughs> Princess Carolyn gets off a, a couple of good gags about the, the trouble she's having to deal with today because of some of her clients have been accused of this pretty substantial crime. Uh, crime. We'll get to more of that later. They're being questioned by the police. But in the meantime, Bojack's obviously got to deal with this situation. He asks Princess Carolyn to get rid of the D. And there's a great little character moment for the, the jealous side of Princess Carolyn, who is still struggling, struggling with the blurred personal and professional lines between her relationship with Bojack Horseman. She realizes before Bojack almost that he's stolen this as a gesture of love and a gesture of romance towards Diane. And the way she just kind of callously refers to Diane... Are you in love with your memoirist? Just to reduce her to being nothing more mm. than his memoirist. When she's seen this relationship develop, it's obviously something that she doesn't want to admit to herself that Diane has become perhaps emotionally closer to Bojack than she ever was able to be. Indeed. And actually, Michael, you know, you might, you could possibly say that in this situation, absinthe has made the heart go fonder. Oh, hey? my word. Hey? I could say that, but I'm very proud to see that you got I have first. been <laughs> sitting there patiently waiting for you to finish. But yes, this is like the first real moment we see of uh, Princess Carolyn kind of giving shade to Diane, even mm. though she hasn't really done anything. But obviously, when it comes to Bojack, there's still a bit of a, a mixed feeling there. It's a place in Bojack's heart she was never able to find, Absolutely, isn't it? despite yep. a lot of effort yep. in that. She confronts Bojack on it and just says, like, are you in love with her? He uh, responds, what? Get out of here. So that again is like, <laughs> but unlike Mr. Peanut Butter, obviously Princess Carolyn reads between the lines immediately yes. knows what's going on. Uh, Jack in a lovely little gag, a nice callback to just last week. He says, uh, anyway, it could be for David. Apparently when I was drunk, I printed a load of pictures of David Boreanaz. We see back <laughs> in his apartment, the pictures from last week's David Boreanaz house episode are still plastered all over the wall. Princess Carolyn, overcome with sudden guilt, remembering oh, that she did that thing, yeah. agrees to, uh, to help Bojack. And again, nasty little comment. I'll keep your little crush busy. So that's the way to distract mm-hmm. Diane. It's undermining something very Absolutely. significant in Bojack's life. Um, Peanut Butter in this time has got round to Bojack's apartment. Uh, <laughs> we rarely see Mr. Peanut Butter as an intelligent, thoughtful character, but he appears to have got Bojack all figured out. Well, he would do because there's a hundred foot D in his swimming pool. Indeed. But uh, You can't exactly deny it. <laughs> <laughs> but also because Bojack has left him a message telling him as much. Bojack slaps himself on the head. He's got to stop leaving people drunk in messages. It's great because we don't even hear the content of the message, but we know from Bojack's stand-up routines that he's horribly expositional. Every message, every joke he ever tells, he insists that his recipient as, have you got it? Have you got it? He always ends every message by saying, it's Bojack, horseman. There is no way that he could hide that, say, if he was under any kind of criminal investigation. Mm -hmm. He is banged to rights every time he picks up that phone, he leaves a message. He really should stop doing that, but more on that later. He um, asks questions about, you know, like... yeah, peanut butter asking questions about just admitting his feelings mm-hmm. about Diane because he's obviously done that on the voicemail. Uh, before Bojack can even deny it, um, peanut butter offers him a deal and he just says, uh, I'll help you get rid of that D as long as you don't pursue her romantically. Indeed. And this continues the pattern of a little bit earlier than we've seen in previous episodes, but it continues the pattern of Mr. Peanut butter setting something up at the start of the episode and getting his payoff 
in the middle. At the very beginning of the episode, he goes to shake Bojack's hand, and Bojack says no. He says, I'm going to get that handshake. And then, obviously, as he gets, they make the deal, Bojack at his weakest point, and Peanut Butter says, you see, I told you I'd get that handshake, and I love that because this is so consistent. Even though he's he's just as dumb as Bojack in so many different mm. regards, he still seems to find a way to one up in this scenario. And he's, as you pointed out as well, he's got a 100% record of these as well. In every single episode, record. he sets himself quite a small goal, but he manages to achieve mm. it, whereas Bojack is trying to answer all the giant questions and can't answer a single one of them. And most of the time, he ends up attaining it either by accident or yeah. through something daft that Bojack did that leads him to get what he wants. Things fall somewhat into his lap in a way yeah. that they never, ever will for Bojack. Um, normally we talk about these characters elsewhere, but this is tied into the central plot of this. So we'll stick with uh, Princess Carolyn and Diane. She's obviously distracting Diane at this point while Peanut Butter and Bojack try and get rid of the D. Um, Princess Carolyn, again, <laughs> with a really caustic line. So this is the shapeless biographer I've heard all about. At <laughs> which point Diane picks a hole in that way saying, we've met several we've times. Met. She, she couldn't, just can't help herself from being catty, can she? Yeah, very nice, right? very nice. Um, but again, Princess Carolyn puts it to Diane. Bojack's clearly in love with you. And in a wonderful rule of three payoff to yeah. all of this, Diane responds with, what? Get out of here. So what they've done is rather than that kind of sitcom convention where it's very important that, and to use Ross and Rachel as an example, where Ross and Rachel don't <laughs> know about each other's feelings for as long as possible, mm. within one episode, we've set it up, we've paid it off because in reality, that's how human beings would act. It would, yeah. it might hang in the air and it might hang in denial, but it would still hang. And you still have at least an, an inkling of what's going on. They're not mm -hmm. daft. They spent the whole flight together there and back. They've obviously had, shared a moment over in Chicago with the letter and stuff, and obviously had all those in-jokes, mm. something is there, whether they, we've all seen it, where someone doesn't want to admit it, but clearly there's something in the air between these two. The best they can do is offer this ludicrous, tacit, like monosyllabic denial. Yeah. And the only person that would buy that is a dog. Yeah, of is course. It's a dumb, stupid <laughs> literally dog. literally a dog. <laughs> um, who hears the loud noise for a long, <laughs> long duration and just gets lulled in by it. So we're back to Peanut Butter and Bojack uh, planning how to get rid of the uh, the D. They've set up a war room with various like items such as ketchup and pickles to be used as props, unless they're actually just ketchup and pickles, which causes further confusion. Mm. Um, but they end up getting hammered on Irish coffee by accident <laughs> because they've been drinking coffee to keep awake. That Bojack is spiking with Baileys. Well, yeah, I was going to say, you say by accident. I think it feels <laughs> very deliberate, this. <laughs> anyway, they, they can't really settle upon a plan. And then, oh no, Mr. Peanut Butter mentions that he's got to move his helicopter because he's only got two hours in the park <laughs> that, he's, that he bought during his absolutely disgusting display of wealth back at Elephant <laughs> earlier in the episode. So Bojack remembers that they've got the helicopter and that's obviously the way to do it. They're going to lift yeah. it. The, they're going to pick it up. Pick it up. And they're going to drop it in the ocean and then no more's going to be said about it. Uh, there's a great way that... <laughs> they're going to drop it in the ocean to which Peanut Butter says... Yeah, take that, Ocean. <laughs> <It's> like... <laughs> we get uh, we get Todd's third call, and we'll get onto Todd's story later on, but we get Todd's third call to Bojack that goes largely without response. And it triggers a lovely row between Peanut Butter and Bojack just when it seems like they've found some unity on what to do with mm. the D. Um, they row over who invented the two-date plot, which ties into what Todd's doing later on. Neither of them did. Neither. Their sitcoms were derivative of far better shows, and yet they want ownership of this. And obviously, the two-date plot is yeah. itself a device for we're Diane. We're talking about something both, bigger. Yeah, yeah, in Bojack's case, it's Diane. In Mr. Peanut Butter's case, it's probably a lamppost. Mm. But the point is, is that there's a <laughs> there's a territory-marking situation mm. going on, and it's not something that either of them can really lay claim to, but they're no. both trying desperately hard to do so. And it's funny that that comes after they've made an agreement rooted on the idea that Bojack won't pursue Diane. Mm. And then find themselves in that boat or in that helicopter, indeed, in this situation, just mm. completely, just by by chance, I guess, by the little little thing that's obviously going to keep triggering that deep-rooted thing between the two of them. Yes. So um, as part of the plan, Bojack has said he will distract everybody. People have to look somewhere else so Mr. Peanut Butter can fly a helicopter with a giant D hanging off the end of it. How would you distract people? You would throw money off the side of a building. However, this is Hollywood. This is 24, well, Hollywood now. Hollywood. Hollywood. This is 2014. <laughs> and $1 bills, of which Bojack is tossing <laughs> off the roof, is something that nobody cares about. There are people in the street that see them and don't even deem it worthy of picking them up. Brilliant. There is a <laughs> on the spot reporter who takes a look at the situation and judges it not to be a story at all. Not to see, yeah. <laughs> uh, there's one woman that is just incredulous that you would even have money. Only poor people have money, she claims. <laughs> Uh, which is lovely because obviously Bojack this night is star is obviously holding on to all the conventions about the way things are done and just assumes that this 
Again, this extravagant wealth that you believed would entertain Diane is also not entertaining the people of Hollywood. Until a pop star walks across the money and shouts out in a lovely vocal tone that I'm not going to be able to do justice oh, to. Oh, come on. I'll give it a go. Jesus Christ, my ankle. <laughs> that wasn't me. <laughs> That was known pop star Beyonce. <laughs> it was? <laughs> who, who was tripped and fallen on the money uh, and hurt her ankle. This creates the crowd. This creates the distraction. Mm. Uh, people immediately rush to the scene because Beyonce is on the deck. There is a reporter there that is worried uh, terribly about the fate of Beyonce. We then cut to Tom Gumbo Jumbo in the studio reporting that beloved figure Beyonce has fallen <laughs> and there's an ambulance coming to pick her up. She has, of course, tripped Adam Lucas on all the single dollars. All the single dollars? All the single dollars. All the single dollars? I know what you're thinking. But yeah, bills, bills, bills. <laughs> <laughs> because why would the show give you that payoff? Uh, we're going to get to a lot more of that later on mm. in your roundup of some fabulous hidden gags in this episode. But yes, yeah, so the distraction of Beyonce <laughs> falling on the money is all that everybody needed. Bojack's observation was actually quite astute mm. that being that hollywood is sterile enough for people to just be distracted by one single thing that they will look at their phones they will mm. look at their ipads they will look at the television to distract them from a giant helicopter in this giant d and it does work it works and it's another continued powerful commentary with that they do with this like mm. two things they get in one little not one gag i guess but with the helicopter thing one peanut butter just talking about dropping the, the d in the ocean like <laughs> if that does not a commentary on what's going on with everybody putting their waste and rubbish in the in the sea where are the bodies so buried, carelessly where are the bodies buried i don't know what is and it's just the same thing goes for the fact they can distract an entire nation of people with hey look beyonce has fallen on some dollar bills <laughs> because it, uh, we've seen it. You look around the streets, people are on their phones nonstop. Mm. I realize this has turned into a bit of a rant, a personal <laughs> rant at the wrong time. But yes, perfect commentary, as always, from Bojack Horseman. Whatever you do, don't look up. Whatever absolutely you do. nobody looks absolutely up. nobody would. So uh, <laughs> Peanut Butter flies the D across Hollywood, but he pulls the double cross. That dog is smarter than dun, the average dun, dog. Dun. He, uh, he actually dog, caught, dog, dog. Uh, <laughs> he calls the press to his house with uh, Diane and claims he's done it in a huge romantic gesture for the love of his life. Um, there is uh, <laughs> the police are on hand and is the cat police officer we've seen in previous episodes. And in a giant press conference that uh, Mr. Peanut Butter was called, the cat says, the day they make love a crime is the day I turn in my badge. <laughs> Which ironically, because it's Mr. Peanut Butter, is a brilliant sitcom payoff to all this. Yeah. That sort of thing would never happen in Bojack. Never like, in a million years. It would get years. messier and messier and messier. But in Mr. Peanut Butter's, you get the cleanest possible outcome. It's no longer a crime. It's no longer an issue. There will be no further question. At some point, the D will just be lifted away out of his life. And not even a problem between a cat and a dog they just let them hug it out because a romance, cat is, and a bigger dog, romance is bigger than that <laughs> um diane pulls into the drive she's only just <laughs> arrived home to see the d to see the press covering the d um she hates being the center of attention she hates having her privacy compromised as a graphic reads diane receives d mm. on the screen she reverses the car out and leaves immediately mr peanut butter is aware that this was maybe an overreach but it was in good faith. This is like maybe the third or fourth occasion in this episode and mm. probably much further if you go back through all the episodes mm. where we see both Bojack and Mr. Peanut Butter uh, getting so caught up in what they want to do and what they think is right and their egos that they are completely doing the things that Diane would absolutely hate and mm. therefore have no interest in whatsoever. It's another case, and we've seen this with Mr. Peanut Butter so far, and we're obviously the whole point of the show so far is to tap into a relationship or a potential relationship between mm. Bojack and Diane. So we're finding that they've got all these things in common. They're not necessarily all healthy things, but they are things. Whereas Mr. Peanut Butter's gestures, they're born so much out of love, and Diane has a clear, earnest appreciation for those gestures, but they're not necessarily what makes her tick. And it's a shame that that can never quite come together for the pair of them in spite of what is... A certain love, a certain real love, a, a lived-in, worked-for love between the two. Yeah, they both have that. Well, they both have a love and a relationship with her in her own specific way, I mm. guess, to both Bojack and Peanut Butter. But they can't seem to find how to communicate that and translate that properly just yet. Even Peanut Butter, who has his moments, but mm. still seems to get it wrong time and time again. Bojack... Bojack's inputs to their relationship are kind of actually the missing piece mm. where he lacks all the emotional honesty and openness that Mr. Peanut Butter has because he's a dog and he's man and woman's best friend. Um, Bojack is on the phone um, saying that to Princess Carolyn, furious that Mr. Peanut Butter has ripped him off yet again, just like he's done in their whole career. Mm -hmm. um, but Princess Carolyn notes that it's just the same action, but different depending on if it was being done by 
for Jack Horseman or Mr. Peanut Butter. Yeah. And this is that ongoing theme. They are living stereo existences, really. There are different challenges. There are slight changes and diversions and forks in the road. But ultimately, they're traveling the same path. Bojack steals a D and there is chaos and carnage and trouble. Mr. Peanut Butter steals a D and they have got the pitch for a romantic comedy. It's a fan. I don't know if you've got it down, but the, it's a fantastic quote from uh, PC where she basically says that being drunk and disorderly and dragging this D and making a whole mess, that's a Bojack Horseman move. Mm. And having a romantic gesture for your girlfriend, that is a Mr. Peanut Butter move. Now, those may be the characters that are presented in Hollywood as in their, like, their lives after the shows, which we know have been fairly tumultuous <laughs> for the pair of them. But these are the characters we're presented, whether they are real or not. That is what Hollywood sees and how Hollywood sees Bojack and Mr. Peanut Butter. From this scene, um, we get an all-time favourite uh, Bojack Horseman gag, actually. Um, Miss Pri Princess Carolyn again accuses Bojack of not being able to express his feelings. He snaps back, not true, I can express feelings. Smash cut to him holding his hand over the flame of his cooker hob, saying <laughs> nothing on the outside, nothing on the inside, as he just turns his hand over and over and feels nothing. That's how he expresses feeling. Man, that is... That for anybody who's been watching the show up to this point, you'll know how big that is, even though it's literally what maybe two seconds, three mm. seconds most. That is a, a tiny cutaway gag, just like the one where they did the little bird that was leaving yeah. the nest too soon. It hits you quite hard, doesn't it? It's the gag before the drag. The gag before it, the there's drag. always at least one massive one that is just a, a bit of a kidney punch. And yep. I think this that was the one in this particular episode. Um, so we find in the end, Bojack and Diane talking through the D situation because obviously she's left the house. Um, Bojack notes that it was more about Mr. Peanut Butter than Diane. This is an interesting character moment here because he suggests a series of different gifts that would have been far better for Diane than the D. Um, he's not relating necessarily to the D that she choked on in a dinner, but obviously there's an implication there because she literally choked on it. Mm. He would have, he reels off things such as how he would have given her a podcast with all, uh, an iPod with all her favorite podcasts on. Um, you know, just like printed out emails that they've kept between them, just things of that nature. The point he's trying to make is that you should be with someone who knows you. And then Diane says, yeah, like who? And then before that question can be answered by Bojack, if indeed he was going to answer it, uh, she's recording him for the benefit of doing his biography and that recorder bleeps that suggests that they're out of time, they're out of tape. That obviously feels quite meta because are they out of time in this conversation? Because if they were to carry on any longer, would the, the truth that they've been denying all episode finally come out? Diane doesn't cut him off when he's kind of making this first giant leap forward. Something else cuts them off it, it, they are stopped in their tracks rather than doing it themselves and it's tricky because this is the first point where bojack could be accused of actively making a move yeah and i think we could also point out that it's maybe the first time we see diane seems to kind of reciprocate a little bit she yeah. the way she asks the implication him, is in the world the way it? she asks him is very invitational like she's mm -hmm. she's asking because she wants to hear him say yeah me like, that's the that's certainly the feeling i got from this moment and i know obviously the the recorder interrupts with the beep and sort of snaps them out again from that is the reality, isn't it? Yep. Whenever them two are talking, that's reality. And we get the beep and it brings Bojack back to, oh, I'm Bojack Horseman, the Hollywood actor. I've got to be this guy. I can't be this sort of vulnerable character, which we get every now and then. Don't put that in the book. Don't put that in the book. Yeah. yeah. It's, I think the the prior week where they've had this first, this first like kind of, it's a bit of a watershed moment, isn't it? It's like the dam has finally burst mm. from Bojack and Diane accidentally gave back by going mad herself after her father passed away. And that has opened something up between the two of them that's kind of happened at the same time. Yeah. They are now, they're in sync romantically, even though they can't be because she's with Mr. Peanut Butter. And this was like all of that colliding for, the, as you say, for the first time, that that reciprocation again, trans like transformed mm. the dynamic completely. And it was, there was like, there was a genuine tension in the room as it was occurring. Mm, and it's that thing where we, she, she can lean on the fact that, oh, I can't do anything. I'm, I'm with Mr. Peanut Butter. Mm. But we've seen that so many times where that's, that's the safety net. But deep down, she's having these, well, how strong they are, we don't know yet, but there certainly feels like a little bit of confliction there. Yeah, and the episode kind of like comes to its climax here with a, a device that we've seen used already on the show. It's a, it's a second use of the, the Zoe and Zelda format that we learned last week where we kind of see how Mr. Peanutbutt would do something or how Bojack would do something or how indeed Zoe and Zelda would do something. 
If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. So Diane is returning home to Mr. Peanut Butter where he sits down and wants to have a serious conversation about everything that's gone on this episode. Mm. Um, in this, at the same point, or we're led to believe it's at the same point, Bojack is in a bar having a drink and goes to Ringer. Uh, she doesn't answer because she's obviously in peanut butter. And even though he's drinking, and even though he's got a voicemail, he doesn't listen to his own advice, mm-hmm. and he starts to leave her a voicemail. Uh, I should say, though, this one feels different to everything we've present, been presented to Bojack's voicemails prior to this, which sound like a drunken, rambling mess. This feels more like, this is what I should have said on tape. Well, I think it's notable that we're allowed to hear it yeah. as well because it's almost like that he's taking the time, he's getting those ones wrong to try and perfect his message. Mm-hmm. It's almost as a stand-up would. A stand-up would become gradually more practiced in their content and their delivery. And Bojack has done that through these series of voicemails. I feel like the beep at the end of Diane's recorder to the beep at the start of the voice message is like you could put those two together mm. and they would fit from what you're about to give us. Well, yeah, because <clears throat> he kind of... He just, he basically wants to get her back for the want of a better phrase. So I'll kind of like, I'll get to what's happening with Mr. Peanut Butter at the point, but mm. he, he just leaves her a message. He says, you know, I, I hope things didn't get weird. I hope things get difficult after everything that we've kind of gone through together. It's a really, really wonderful callback here because he says he wants to make sure they've got the time to talk about that time he sneezed on Marissa Tomei. What we learned in a previous episode when they use that file footage on the news is that he despises that moment, that moment, that image has cursed his career because every time he appears on the news, it's always a sneeze picture. If you want to select Bojack Horseman's face as your Netflix avatar listener, yeah. you can find that picture this of Bojack Horseman. This is he, true. he despises it. And yet he wants to be around her so much, he's willing to revisit that story just to get close to her. While this message is being left, uh, Peanut Butter gives a, a far more fitting gift, shall we say. It's a book of pictures documenting the time together. He really does love her. Mm. Um, and this is obviously what we're seeing at the point where the two scenes intercutting is kind of two suitors trying to impress her in their own ways. Uh, Bojack admits, again, it's a big expression of fairness, as he likes being around her and he asks her to call back. He doesn't downplay his own message mm. as he normally would. He wants her to get back in touch. Um, he still can't help but end it's saying, it's Bojack Horseman. But this is different to the usual ones. As you say, he's had a drink and he probably should know better. But as you say, there's a lot more control over it this time. I just think it's notable and slightly heartbreaking at the same time that we get this moment where she could answer the phone yeah. just seconds before she sits down with Mr. Peanut Butter. But that moment passes. It's so close when they're doing these two things. But she puts him on, do not call while she's talking to Peanut Butter. And we get this... Oh, heartbreaking dynamic, don't we? Well, it's rather important that she does miss that call because had she not, she wouldn't find herself in a position to be being proposed to. Mm. Mr. Peanut Butter, mindful for a change about the D and about how maybe how wrong he was getting things with Diane. He says, no cameras, just us. 
and he gets on his one knee, he proposes to her. She says yes. And as soon as she says yes, it turns back into his reality show. Yep. Cameras, studio assistants flood the room. He immediately shouts for Erica. So that takes that Erica count up to four. Up to four for the um, Erica count it is. Because, Aren't you glad you started that? <laughs> <laughs> because obviously Erica and all the people that he surrounds himself with would have to be a part of this. And already there's a certain amount of regret that's on Diane's face. I should note that right before he says, will he marry me? You just hear Diane's phone go, which yep. is the voicemail dropping in from Bojack. Yep. Yep. So we know that at this point, that message is in her presence, mm -hmm. but she's just about to say yes to proposal. Um, Diane, in quite a, a telling moment, actually, away from the hustle and bustle of the scene, Diane actually rings Bojack back, having seen the voicemail. She doesn't stop to listen to it. Mm. She says, oh, I've heard it, but... Uh, he says, but then obviously he tells, she tells him about the proposal. Yeah. So instead he says, oh, it was nothing. Let's just talk about the book. Uh, delete that message. So we're left to believe that she'll never quite be aware, even if she knows deep down of his full expression of feeling. Um, <laughs> and then in one final sort of, I don't know, comedic end of the episode, the D that Mr. Peanut Butter didn't deal with has been lifted away. And that D breaks into a jail cell wall. Which should bring us quite nicely onto Todd's and story. Let's talk about Todd for a bit, shall we? So, as we say, Bojack's been avoiding Todd's calls this episode uh, to deal with his own uh, Diane issues, uh, and that's because Todd's been in prison. Uh, he's they do do a sitcom plot because mm -hmm. Todd, as he's often been the case, is always like an outlier to the Bojack story. So, in the case where Bojack was trying to live a sitcom life. Todd was the real life character. Hmm. In this one, things got very real for Bojack. So Todd became something of a sitcom character. He's in prison and he finds himself budding up in the showers with an inmate called Klaus, who has the word hatred written on his head. Hmm. And Klaus really takes a shine to him while they're showering because, and this is a quote and certainly doesn't represent the views of anyone from Podcast Horseman, <laughs> being white and into cleansing <laughs> uh, suits, suits what is clearly a Nazi gang. Mm. Um, at the same time, though, uh, Todd finds himself also bonding with a goat um, who represents a, band, uh, a gang called the Latin Kings. Um, he finds himself when they just have a, their own meat cute during anal, anal inspections, they bend over and start chatting to mm. each other. All very prison, but all played very, very much for laughs. They Absolutely. go big on the gags to almost, I think, diffuse Todd's plight. I think he's so sympathetic. The more humor you can bring into that situation, the better because Bojack has given him none. Yeah, and to the point where the two guys, so there's like four of them, I think, who are getting anal cavity searches at mm. this point. And the two guys who are behind them have obviously had so many at this point that they're just completely immune to them. And they're just having a thumb war <laughs> between the two of them, which I thought was great. Prison seems okay. It seems all right. It's not ideal, it? but it seems not okay. Not ideal, but it'll do. Um, Todd finds himself at, the, at a ball because this is a sitcom plot. So, of course, everything ends. Todd is Zach Morris. He's yep, got two Todd girls. Is Zach Morris. Two girls at the date. One is a Nazi gang. One is a LA Kings gang. Um, he's getting more, he's getting progressively drunker and loose-lipped because he's struggling to cope with the situation. And we should point out, he's obviously trying to, he's using the gang clothes of both to kind of keep himself <laughs> yeah. between the two, isn't he? So he's like darting between one with a do-rag on and <laughs> his sleeves rolled up and a bandana and then back across to the Aryans gang where he's got a little bald cap on and just trying to switch between the two. Obviously <laughs> so comedic because... That's so close to one another. There's no way he'd ever not be noticed doing this. It's such a cute Todd touch as well, that Todd, a character that always wears a hat, is wearing the purple bandana of the gang. <laughs> and rather than just shaving his head bald in prison, is wearing a bald cap atop his regular hat. Atop of his regular hat. <laughs> so he's a Brilliant. man. Of, he is quite literally a man of many hats at this man point. Man of many hats. Um, but he gives the game away because he forgets to take the purple bandana off when he's speaking to the Nazis. The Nazis chase him into the Latin Kings and he suddenly found himself in the middle of both. So we'll find out through these in a series of cutscenes because it's obviously going between the A plot and the D plot. There he is. Um, you see, you do it too. It's uh, not just me. I know me. what I'm looking for. And the last me. cut to Todd, he's about to be curb stomped. Uh, <laughs> he's incited a race war, but oddly, he's brought both gangs he's together. Todd's worldly wisdom has somehow solved the prison race war because they're unified on the hatred of Todd. And he's got his mouth on the, I'd say the curb, but it's not, it's a little step, isn't yeah. it? By the stage of this, of the ball in the prison of all things. <laughs> all of it, Myra. He just says, you see, you guys aren't that different. <laughs> that is the point at which the helicopter with the Hollywood D crashes yeah. into the side of the prison. Um, all the prisoners escape. Todd casually walks away because his life is the sitcom plot and he's allowed to walk out of prison and everything, everything for him this week has neatly wrapped up exactly. in 30 minutes. This was a staggering way to end what has so far been probably the most emotionally hefty episode of BoJack. They gave it the sitcom finale 
because the emotion between Dine and Bojack were the things you were left to have to linger on. Mm, absolutely. You needed that. You needed a little buffer, to be honest, because the way that their start of the night, so, yeah, sorry, their part of the narrative ends, mm. is really quite it's tough to handle when we see what we think is a bit of a progression from Bojack, and he just doesn't get that moment. Like, doing the right thing just doesn't quite work out for him in the mm. end. I don't know if he's done, he's done some very wrong things to get there, of course, as he always does. But we just... Todd's kind of like, it's just a nice little welcome moment, isn't it? Just to have a bit of Todd in your life. I thought it was nice that obviously at the very end of the episode, Todd is able to literally move forward when Diane and Bojack can't they in can't. the situations they found yep. themselves in. And they're both trapped in a very similar position. Mm. Well, lots of little things going on in this episode. Mm -hmm. Lots of little things. And I guess we should probably talk them. It's that time of the episode for anybody who's just joining us or indeed for people who have been listening frequently where we go back to the beginning of the episode and go through and find all of the hidden gags and little Easter eggs and incredibly detailed bits of ridiculous <laughs> of ridiculous detail i guess yes please let's go all the way back to the very beginning and we find ourselves at the airport now last week we saw uh we, we saw the episode when they were getting into the airport that was a couple of different um names for airlines i guess mm. on the at the airport we get a little bit of a repeat with that only there's a bit of a theme for these ones i'll let you decide the gate names we can see at the top are sadness we get <laughs> As one of them, we get dispirited airlines. <laughs> we get celibate. <laughs> we get at the very back, smelter, of course, which is instead of Della. And hidden right at the very back is actually Hannawalt, which is, of course, the name of Lisa Hannawalt, the artist and designer of all of the characters for Bojack Horseman. So uh, are we attaching her to sadness and dispirited the, the there? <laughs> I don't know. I'll let you make up your own I mind. I like any that. creator in the show getting thrown Me into too. Well, We've talked about when we spot Waxberg or when we Indeed. see anyone. It's it's a very worthy Easter egg to be part of the show because you deserve that praise. And Absolutely. That and the more you see it, the better it is, I think, because mm. it shows you how how well-liked, I guess, they are, which, yeah. and how much their efforts are appreciated throughout the show. Um, more stuff floating around the uh, airport. Mr. Peanut Butter, I was holding up a sign for Diane that just says, Honey, and it attracts a bear who comes across, <laughs> and he says, No, no, it's a, it's a pet name for my girlfriend. I don't actually have any honey, to which the disgruntled bear wanders off. Uh, we kind of flip between the prison and the airport, but I'm going to stick with the airport for the time being. There's a wonderful bit where Mr. Peanut Butter opens the trunk of his car and he just, just full, <laughs> it's just full of tennis balls. Just full of tennis balls to which he goes, ooh, <laughs> as they fall out the back. Fantastic stuff. His registration plate, good boy. I think we've already touched on that, but nice. always fun to see. Cutting into the prison, just a few couple of quick ones here. The first shots of Todd we see. We see that they're inside the prison. Behind him in the dinner queue is the raccoon, one of the raccoons who's been causing all the trouble, like stealing from bins, and they were ah. and they were in Bojack's fridge in the last episode. Yes. You'll remember. Well, they were part of. The, there's a couple of them who got arrested at that party, who you can see who are actually in prison, Good. Rotten thieves. along with Todd, the rotten thieves. Uh, lovely bit of obscene detail on the back wall by the telephone, which you can't really see initially, but you'll get a zoom in later on. By the telephone, it just says, "I miss you, Sheila," which is spelled. S-H-E-E-L-A-H, which is really weird. <laughs> then there's a little arrow pointing off it that says, I did her, that someone else has written, followed by another little one that says, I'll kill you. <laughs> Tiny details, but all very, very well done. Uh, we cut back into Mr. Peanut Butter's car. Nothing too much here, apart from him sticking his head out the window, like a dog, of course, yeah. while he's driving the car. I'm not sure how safe that is, but a lovely <laughs> little moment. Then if we headed over to Elefante, where we see inside Elefante, well, uh, Bojack and Peanut Butter and Diana having their meal, you will see sitting next to them on the table is the two dogs who we've seen. They were in the episode two, where they were at the mall saying how they love chocolate, even though it oh, literally yes. killed them. Yeah. And they were also at David Boreanaz's house the other week <laughs> as well. Um, Mr. Peanut Butter and Bojack are doing all these mad challenges to prove who's the better person. I just had to list these down because it's a lovely shot that pans across slowly of all the discarded things that they've done and used. It's a, it's soundtracked by the Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. By the Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. Drawing into slowly them. drawing yeah. you into them playing Who Wants to Be a Millionaire at the very end. But amongst the activities that you will see, you can see that there's been a um, a putting contest mm -hmm. where they've putted balls into turned over mugs. Uh, you can see there's been, a, you know, the, the ball on a string which you've got to bounce up and down. <laughs> yeah. They've both obviously had a paddle ball <laughs> on a string which they've been doing. Uh, there's also uh, towers of cards. Mm -hmm. One tower has fallen over, one has not. <laughs> There's two Rubik's Cubes there, 
One is complete. One slightly oh, not. I don't think. Excellent. Uh, there's clearly been a pie eating contest because there's lots of containers of <laughs> empty pies, half eaten pies kicking around. There's two swords. Do we assume that they've had a dual slash sword fight? Excellent. Fencing swords. I should point out, not big nasty pirate swords. Uh, although we do get knives thrown at a dartboard, which have obviously been doing. <laughs> Uh, lots of knives, about seven or eight. We should point out that only about three of them actually made it into anywhere near the the board itself. Mm. The rest of them are just sat around the outside. <laughs> Not very good shots. Uh, there's a bunch of Jaeger shots there, so they've obviously been doing some drinking. There's a twister mat at the back rolled up that's slightly undisclosed. Maybe that was with the Jaeger shots. Who knows? <laughs> and we get to the end where they are, of course, playing Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. Now, we get another shot on the exterior of Elephant in a moment where... We get a few bits, some of which I get, some of which I don't. There's a bit on the side of the the, the shop to the left of Elephant. It, is, mm. it just says, Fred Siegel is the name of the store, <laughs> right? Uh, which I guess you can tell me maybe what that is. But yeah, I don't, let us know on Twitter, at Podcast yeah, Horseman. Let us know, at know. Podcast Horseman, if anything comes to mind. There's also a sign above that says, um, Feral Apparel. Which is just, uh, it's like, a, I think it's, a, I want to say llama, but I don't think it is, with like clothing on, just like leaning on on the sign, all wearing the clothes, obviously. <laughs> and finally, my favorite of the three, on the right-hand side of the uh, Elefante is a, is a, I want to say a store, but it's not a store. It's a place, a comedy club, or whatever you want to call it, mm. called Chimprov. Nice. Which is uh, for improvisational classes. And on the card, playing at nine o'clock, you will see is Paul F. Tomcat, who ah. is, of course, a cheeky nod to Paul F. Tompkins, the voice of Mr. Peanut Butter in the show. The dog being named the as a cat. The dog being named as a cat, Very of nice. course. Uh, back inside, um, it's when Bojack is trying to uh, calm himself. And I think it's after he figures out it's not going to work out for him. Uh, yeah, he says to the bartender, who, of course, is an elephant, mm -hmm. as we've noted before, says, give me a bottle of something to help me forget my problems, to which the elephant whips out a bottle of cyanide. <laughs> Bojack says, oh, maybe not that strong. Then he whips out a bottle of vodka. He says, whoa, what, what is this, breakfast? <laughs> and then, of course, we get the absinthe, and he says, yep, that's about right. Back in Bojack's house now, this one I enjoyed a lot because... I guess we can say this now. We've been waiting for weeks to call it Hollywood, haven't we? We've had to yes. sit and pretend that it's called Hollywood for so long. Mm. We've known this information, but now we can talk freely out of it. Because this is spoiler-free, goddammit. This God is spoiler-free, yeah. goddammit, and we'll hang on to that for as long as possible. However, uh, before we even see any of this, a cheeky bit where to Tom Gumbo Jumbo actually reveals the story of the news to be a Hollywood done it. Ah. Before we even get to see that the D's missing, he calls it a Hollywood done it, as in a Who Done It, mm. which I just never noticed before, and that was a lovely little touch. And then while he's getting angry about some of the copy where there's so much alliteration to do with the letter D, he says, Who wrote this copy? Randy, I'm looking at you. And of course, this is a callback to Randy, who is the little weird intern who he's working with for the show, who he did like a really crass uh, joke. I can't remember what it was. It was like a dick joke it's in the previous. Troublesome, isn't it? Yeah, troublesome. Yeah. Um, and then also he says that there are suspects in the case for the missing Hollywood D. And he says they are, of course, David Duchovny, DMX, and Dane Cook, who is just a thief, he says. <laughs> of course, if anybody doesn't know, David Duchovny is, of course, the guy from the X-Files and the actor who's in Californication mm -hmm. and all these shows. DMX being the rapper and Dane Cook being the stand-up comedian who has had some controversies regarding where his, um, what do you call it? He's, it was a bit of a plagiarism scandal, wasn't it, for his word? routines? His routines, and, yeah. that's what I'm looking for. Where his routines have come from, Joe Rogan's accused him of possibly stealing some mm. of his stuff. Yes, and apparently he's just a thief. <laughs> so just, <laughs> just remember that one. Uh, when we get the call between Bojack and um, Princess Carolyn, she's in her office. Um, she says that she's tied up with all her deans for the day because it's caused chaos. She references Dean Kane, who is, of course, the new Avengers of Superman. She mentions Dean Norris, of course, another meta-in-joke, I guess. He is, of course, a hank in Breaking Bad. Mm. Um, we get Dean Winters, who actually, for anybody who watches Brooklyn Nine-Nine, you will know him as the Vulture, continues to swoop in and steal the cases from Jake and the gang. And, of course, we've got Dean Kuntz, who is, of course, the author. Um, yeah, but when was the last time you saw a book? But when was the last time you saw a book, of course? <laughs> Anybody who, if you need to know what an author is, just Google it. <laughs> I know it's a strange term these days. Back at Bojack's house, this is a nice touch. Uh, when you see that he kind of reveals that all the David Boreanaz posters are still up on his wall, uh, we see also that if you remember rightly, at the end of the episode, the last one, when the police turn up, uh, there's two people fighting over the head of a horse and it goes up in the air and smashes on the floor. Well, in this episode, the horse's head has been taped back together and put on oh, the stand excellent. on the wall. 
What a lovely commentary that is about a broken horse that's been taped back together and left for the world to see. What fabulous detail. Absolutely stunning and stuff. utterly miserable. M miserable, heartbreak, <laughs> and yes, yeah. what a great commentary overall. A uh, little quick flashback to the prison. Nothing much here. We just get a shot of a guard dog on a watchtower. Only the guard dog is, of course, an actual guard who with a, with a <laughs> rifle looking down over the prison. Going back into Bojack's house, lovely stuff this, when he and Mr. Peanut Butter are planning the heist, essentially. How are they going to get the deal away? And they've got the little plan model that they've made. We see an assortment of different things, little nods to various things. We get tiny little army men, we could see, which are, I guess, the guards in this situation. <laughs> uh, we get uh, Monopoly properties that are there, mm. the red ones and the green ones that are all lined up as situational houses. Uh, we see a mustard packet, which, of course, is just mustard, as it tells you, <laughs> which you might want to have later on. Uh, there's a pickle, which is the, I think he says that's the riot van. Um, there's also an actual blue van, which is weird that he uses the pickle. <laughs> he uses the pickle to be the van, which I thought was hilarious because there's a little blue van toy that's not used. There's two dice. There's one battleship there, which is completely not mentioned really. Mm. And the D from Scrabble is used, I guess, for the D for Hollywood sign. Uh, back at the prison, you will notice once the D disappears from Hollywood that things start to change. And all of the signs that used to say uh, Hollywood Hills Supermax now have had the D scribbled out by pen and just say Hollywood Hills mm. Supermax. That goes for all of the signs inside the prison. Then we go back and on uh, Rodeo Drive, where we see right before Bojack is chucking out the money and right before Beyonce, Jesus Christ, I broke my ankle. <laughs> uh, before all that happens, we see standing on top. This is maybe we've tied this together. Maybe this is, and I'm going to mispronounce this, but the shop that he's standing on top of and throwing the bills off mm. is foie gras. Is mm. that pronounced correctly? Foie gras. Foie yeah. gras. And it's the fancy little dish that is often the liver of a duck or a goose. So if you think about it, a duck, duck bills, bills Very from the top cute. of the thing. It's all Very cute. cute. And I'm making that work. Bills, 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 bills. Well, funny you say that, Michael, because uh, next up we have a bunch of lovely Beyonce puns that come from Tom Gumbo Jumbo's <laughs> news, of course, on the, the graphic that says, there's been a dream girl disaster in this Beyonce news. Of course they are. He also drops in a bunch of little words and quotes from songs of his, including lyrics and song names. He says, ring the alarm at one point. He also says that Beyonce is an independent woman. He also says that we do know that Beyonce is a survivor and she's going to survive. Even after that, we get that um, Tom Gumbo says, She's gone from being dangerously in love to dangerously <laughs> in peril, which I just thought was wonderful. We cut back to Bojack, who is on the roof. There's a quick little snapshot that I managed to grab, and I'm really pleased I did, because on the iPad where Bojack is watching the news, you will notice the back icon, which should be an apple, because an iPad is actually a pineapple. A clever little sneaky joke, fruit-based, which I saw, and I had to note down. Mm. Uh, also, if you look at the people who are lost in their phones and looking as Bojack distracts them all while the helicopter flies over the top, you will notice that Cecil the Lizard from the shop, who is the one who is, is in the shop that Bojack puts the Decapathon game, he is there on his phone, as is the guy who wears the T-shirt. My other bike is a tree. <laughs> He's continually popping up, as are quite a few people in this show. They are the residents of Hollywood. The residents they? of Hollywood. We go back to the news, um, and now we see... <laughs> just a cute little bit of wordplay here. Tom Gummidge was saying... We now go back to the house of Mr. Peanut Butter, the star of Mr. Peanut Butter's house. Just <laughs> <laughs> getting himself all in a twist. And as uh, the police officer who's talking about Mr. Peanut Butter and if love is a crime, then take my badge. His name is Officer Meow Meow Fuzzy Face. <laughs> 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 because he's a cat, Michael. I don't know if you noticed that oh. at all. And as you mentioned before, uh, the graphic at the bottom reads, Diane receives D, which is, of course, Lovely stuff, that's <laughs> all very, very subtle. Um, ooh, uh, we get go back to Bojack's house, and of course we get the lovely moment where he does the hand over the stove, nothing on the outside, nothing on the inside. Oh, my little heart just hurt <laughs> once again. Uh, we see him Mr. Peanut Butter's house when Diane is going there to meet him before his big monologue. When uh, Bojack calls her phone, as we've noticed throughout the show, her, his, his phone icon on her phone is... A horseshoe, because Bojack's a horse, Michael. Mm. Don't know if you know that. And reciprocated, of course, is Diane's icon on his is a typewriter, because she's a writer, Michael. Yes. Because that's how this show works. Wonderful stuff. But uh, you will notice, if for anybody who's paying attention, if you see the photo album that Mr. Peanut Butter gives Diane, there are some wonderful pictures inside this. You will blink and you miss them. Genuinely, they go so fast. But we get a lovely couple of callbacks. So the previous episode, where we've seen them at the, the uh, roast of Gloria 
Gloria Steinem. There's a picture of the two of them at their table from that party. There's also a picture of the two of them when they are enjoying eating their burritos as oh, big as your head. In. And Mr. Peanut Butter is hilariously mouthful holding this uh, big burrito. <laughs> if you haven't seen it, go back and find it. It's wonderful. Well, they got the t-shirts. Well, exactly, of t-shirts. course. But not as good, perhaps, as one of the other two that we see where Diane has got is just throwing a tennis ball for Mr. Peanut Butter <laughs> off one of those tennis ball chucking <laughs> things and he's having a great time doing it. They're playing fetch. Playing fetch. <laughs> literally playing catch, as he'll tell you later on. That's a catch. And you know how much I love catch, oh, he says. Oh, very nice. And also, the last one is a picture of Diane looking at some art, which I believe is a picture of Frida Kahlo. Um, and Mr. Peanut Butter completely distracted because he's too busy taking a selfie with him and her in the background. <laughs> a little very similar to what Sarah Lynn does with Bojack mm. in those episodes. And you also get, I couldn't quite make it out because it's too small, so if anybody can... By all means, get in there. But on the left-hand side of that is exactly what Bojack describes when he says uh, screenshots of the emails. And instead of Gmail, it's B-mail. Oh, nice. And there's a whole bunch of stuff. There's something about a park. It reads at the top. It says something like... um, Got to let me know about the park or something like that at the top. That is the uh, title. I think he's just asking a title of the email. Quite quite possibly. I couldn't quite make it out because it is just a fraction too small. If anybody can, by all means, be my guest. And finally, or not finally, finally in this little moment, of course, Mm. we got the fourth Erica from this bit where he actually walks away from his own proposal to go and see Erica, (laughs) which is just ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Um, Yes, the last thing as the prison breaks through and the D comes through and everybody runs away for a fraction of a second across the front of the screen in the foreground ahead of Todd you will notice that the man who is running away from prison one of two men is actually the man from episode one who is the mob boss that Todd is in the thick of it with oh brilliant so he's been in the nick the whole time wonderful he's been in the nick the whole time maybe since that party I don't know maybe he was also there but He's in prison. He's just got himself out of it. So can you believe it, Michael? Fantastic. This show, man, it never, ever lets you down. And as far as I'm aware, mm-hmm. in terms of hidden gags, I think that's everything. But as always, Michael, yeah. before we call it quits on this, uh-huh. I would just like to offer you one last thing. And then I swear to God, I'll shut up about this podcast forever. Now, as I say these words, I'm filled with dread because I realize I haven't actually actually got one for myself this week so far, but you're more prepared than I am. So no pressure or anything, but have you got one you'd like to mention? Mine, I think you're entitled to not have one this week because this was loaded with all those hidden gags. It was loaded. Mine came with a reference I've kind of had to make up in my own headcanon, but I tend to believe that in Bojack, it's never about a headcanon. Everything's by design. Mm -hmm. Um, There was a character that I intentionally missed out because I wanted to save him for this very bit. I'm so pleased you did this. The helicopter carrying the D that crashes into the prison. Yeah is being piloted by a man that alludes to the fact that this carrying a D in a helicopter is a cushy job because he spent time in the military Mm -hmm. and his last act in the military is to accidentally crash into a prison with a Hollywood D. The implication being that yet again, Bojack hates the troops. Bojack hates the troops. (laughs) Because the situation that Bojack has orchestrated has resulted in the crash landing of an ex-military man. It's not Neil McBeal, the Navy SEAL, having his muffins stolen. It's something much worse. A man that believes he's got this cushy job, he's frustrated with his cushy job because what's he doing carrying a D when he's done something, he's done something of nobility and of service for his country and he accidentally lets a load of inmates go because of stupid Bojack Horseman's stupid schemes. I can't believe that. I can't believe that Bojack hates the troops that much that he makes one. Obviously, <laughs> I realise that it's a, it's a, it's not a stretch. I don't think, but I'll give you it. I'll give you. It. I will give you. It. And the reason I'll give you it is because I haven't got one. I just haven't got one this week. <laughs> I completely let that slip. I actually in my head, I think I thought about leaving the pineapple one mm. on the back of the iPad, but just got so carried away with the show that I just wanted to tell you all the hidden jokes. So you guess taught yourself horse. So it's all right. I taught myself that's a loud horse round here. about that's a loud talking round horse. Round. And you know what it is? I think that just means I've got to come up with two next week. So yeah. mark my words. I'll have two. Well, I won't. I'll just have one because I'll forget, but I'm going to have two. Two last things, and then you'll shut up about two that podcast last forever. things, okay. and I'll shut up about this I'll one, hold you to that. and then that one. Who knows? Anyway, now that all of that's finally out the way, it's time for that lovely moment of the show where we just do a last little plug, because mm-hmm. because who wouldn't do a lovely little plug? We are still growing. We need all your help, and thank you to everybody so far who has helped us get to where we are going. Really great to interact with you all on Twitter yeah, or, that's or on been Instagram. Great. The social Love media that. side of things has been wonderful. If you'd like to continue that, or indeed you'd like to start that, you can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at podcast horseman also if you really want to you can send us an email we have a new gmail account that we started up a little while ago podcast horseman at gmail.com if there's any questions you have maybe that you'd feel 
happy as sending over that. By all means, please do. Uh, or if you just want to follow either of the hosts on our socials, please do that as well. At It's Adam Nicholas for me. At Michael Hamflit for me. And again, if you wouldn't mind subscribing to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, that'd be brilliant. You can follow on Spotify. You can listen along on Acast. I think you could subscribe on there as well. Uh, you can listen to the podcast on Acast through our tweets. Basically, anywhere you go and looking for podcasts now, hopefully you should be able to find us. Please tweet us at Podcast Horseman if you can't. And we will bollock the podcast suppliers into getting us on Absolutely. there because here we should be. Um, I think it's time to induct somebody not into the Hollywood talk of fame no no the oh. Hollywood talk of fame I, I have know. no idea how good it feels to say that and I'd like to honor somebody that I feel has probably found us in the wrestling section of whatculture.com from a Titus Worldwide <laughs> who has given us the title love me some podcasts a five-star review thank you very much that gets you into the Hollywood talk of fame from Titus he says I love podcasts I love Bojack Horseman and I love it when they get combined so yeah this is great and five lovely stars. That's really, really nice. We love Bojack Horseman and we love podcasts. So we've loved combining the two. Uh, you'll be getting your star if you keep an eye out on the socials. You'll uh, find them wherever we normally post them. Um, is there anything else to get to before we call this one a day? There's always something else to get to. The last thing we should always do when it's this lovely podcast is, of course, give you a little synopsis for next week's mm. episode. And next week's episode will be episode number seven bloody hell we're getting through these aren't we I know. episode seven say anything which obviously comes with its own connotations there mm -hmm. and the synopsis is as follows bojack sabotages himself with an epic bender princess caroline's agency merges with another all very intriguing as always with these synopsis almost like they know what they're doing <laughs> who knows anyway with that said despite my constant promises this is the last thing we have to say <laughs> genuinely this is the last thing is that i have been adam nicholas i'm michael hamflit and this has been podcast horseman imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time that's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.